This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, a um, couple of things. I want to start with something that is amazing, but something that's very disturbing. Um, I have a girl in my school, who was an alcoholic and goes to AA, and she asked me if she could send me, she sends out a text every morning, and it seems to be something that they do in AA, that they send out a text every morning, and it's called gratitude. And everyone in AA does this every day, they're supposed to do this every day, and they send out a gratitude message to their friends, they don't have to do it on text, they can do it on the phone. So I said, sure, I would love to get a text from you. So it's about nine texts every morning that I get, and I'll tell you why I'm reading it to you. And then I'll tell you why I'm reading it to you. Good morning. Ah, gratitude. So they write different things that they're grateful. I'm grateful she went away for two weeks to Florida. I'm grateful that we arrived in Florida safely. I'm grateful that my father was able to drive straight. I'm grateful that I had a cool shower this morning feeling refreshed. I'm grateful that we're going out to eat with my whole family. Now listen to this. It must have been raining this morning in Florida. She just got there. I'm grateful even though it's raining. I'm still grateful. Um, I don't know who this is. Miria's gratitude list. Realizing that I do matter. Having some self-control. Apologizing when I know I was wrong. Feeling guilty for the friends I have today. Seeing a change in myself. Prayer. Looking forward to an amazing vacation. Working on staying positive. I'm grateful that with the help of Hashem... My sponsors and friends, I'm clean. Sober, 50 days. So, I get this every day, and every day she writes, a di- she writes what she feels when she wakes up in the morning. And I'm thinking to myself, this is AA, right? And every single morning, they're writing all these things that they're grateful for. And we, we're not in, we're not in AA. How come, as Jewish people, how come we're not sending this out every morning? Hello? You know, and I'm, uh, I'm sober 50 days. I didn't talk Russian Hara for 20 days. Um, I called my mother 50 days in a row. Give it up the aim, right? I kept the last 20 Shabbosim. I'm thinking about what, what's going on over here? Why is this girl, because she suffered and she went through and she did suffer, and she went through everything that she went through, and, and, and by the way, it's very big because when I first started getting these, it didn't say Hashem. They, 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 they don't, they don't use Hashem. They use a higher power. They don't say he's God. They, they, in, in AA or GANA, all these different things, it's a higher power. They don't say Hashem. She shifted. Because in the beginning it was a higher power, and now it became Hashem. So she's already a fantastic there. And I'm thinking to myself, we have to learn from, from AA? Like, how come every Jew doesn't do this every single morning? Thanking Hashem, gratitude, for going to fly. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not better than anyone in this room. I'm much worse. I'm imagining that the last thing I would be grateful for is flying to Miami and it's raining. Right? I mean, I am not grateful that today I finally got to Florida and it's raining. And she is, I'm grateful I'm in Florida even if it's raining. Why do we have to suffer? Why do we have to, why do we have to, to go through all this to show and to, and to be proud of, I'm sober 50 days. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm putting on film, but I, I said Modani, I said Ashiyatsa every time I went to the bathroom. 
for the last 30 days. So I'm thinking that maybe everyone needs to, you don't need to send it out to everyone, even though that would be amazing. But, um, but to write down on a piece of paper to themselves, you know, what you're grateful for every day. I, I think that's maybe a guarantee that uh, the next day you'll have what you're grateful for because Hashem is very into Akar Satov. If you have Akar Satov, then um, to me it's like I'm looking at myself and I'm saying, this girl is putting this out every morning when she wakes up and Rabbi Wallstein isn't. And maybe I need to go to AA, I'm not sure, but I, maybe I need to learn I need to learn to be grateful to Kosh Baruch for everything that we do. And it seems to me that they all do this. This whole group does this. So you can imagine, what? Yeah, but Modani doesn't go into specifics. Modani, you're not thanking Hashem that it rained that day no, in Florida. What? First of all, with all respect, how many people say Modani and how many people say Modani and concentrate on what the words mean? And how many people include in Modani, I got these are nine texts that I got from her and sometimes there are 15 of them. So yes, it's very nice, you know, I'll explain to you. Modani is very important. I have a whole story with Modani with a, with a little boy, a newspaper boy that I've told you many times. But imagine you have a relationship, a husband and a wife, and he walks into the house and he says, thank you for everything. It's great, right? But imagine he says, you know, I want to thank you this morning. You, you made me, you know, you, you got, I got up early and, and I came downstairs and you made me toast and you made me my favorite salad. And, and then I, I came back upstairs and my, my clothes was laid out. And, and, and you, and you would thank Prutim. You, you thank somebody in detail for what they did for you. That's much bigger. Why? Because that means that they realized the details. So yes, Moldani, I'm not, Miriam, I'm not arguing with you. Moldani is very important. But, but when you're thanking Hashem and you're giving him the details that you're thanking him for, that means that you realize that there's details. For sure, that's, for sure. You know, Ashiyatza goes into details. You don't just say, Shiyatza, thank you, Hashem, everything's working. Chalulim, chalulim, goliridua. If one's open. Oh, you say, because one's closed. You go through the whole body and all the different veins and the different openings that would close if they were open. So you see that details a lot more. This girl's not just saying in the morning. Sure, they could get up in the morning and say, thank you, God, I woke up this morning and I'm 50, so, I'm, I'm, I'm sober 50 days. No, they make them think. What are you thankful for? Write a whole list. Godless. What? If you if you say it with if you say it with kavan, one hundred percent, yes. Not in a baruch Hashem, but you can definitely sit at the edge of the table and thank Hashem for for. for I can tell you that um, it was interesting. I spoke in, I spoke in um, I spoke in Borough Park this morning. I gave a shear, and um, so one of the women after the shear came over to me. and She said, "You know, Rabbi Wallstein." I, I just, I'm going through this thing that, that, um, every time I, every time life was going good for me, something happened. So, I, I, I'm just like, like right now life is going good for me, and I'm just waiting for the other shoe to fall. You know, the other shoe to, and, and, and she said, and that, because I'm waiting for those shoes, I can't enjoy what I'm going through because I'm thinking, this is gonna end, and, boom, something's gonna happen. So I'm so used to my whole life, something happening, I can't enjoy what I'm enjoying because, okay, you know, we're flying in the plane, and I'm getting my blue potato chips, and everything, and I'm thinking, when's the plane going to crash? So, I can't sit in the plane and, and have a good time if I'm thinking, when's the plane going to crash? So she came to me to talk to me about this, and I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I explained to you, I was, I was pretty sick, I, I had the flu, and Baruch Hashem, I'm much better, and um, so, so I was like really throwing up a whole Sunday, and it didn't stop, and I was like, every time I finished throwing up, I came out of the bathroom, I'm like, Hashem, okay, it's over, right, 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 and then I would go lay down, and 
Ten minutes later, I'm running back there again. So, all of a sudden, one time, I went to the bed, and I'm thinking, this is not, I had, this is not stopping. I'm, 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 this is crazy. My, my eyes are gonna come out of my head soon. It was like crazy. It was crazy. And I, and then I got into the bed, and I fell asleep. I woke up the next morning. It stopped. Well, the shoe didn't come down, right? So, so, there's a certain point where you start, where you stop, where you stop throwing up. So, there are times where the bad stuff stops. And I'm going to explain to you what it has a lot to do with Tubishvat. I spoke about this morning. So, so a person, you can't, you can't always think something went well and now it went bad. At one point, you're going to stop throwing up. And, and, and if you're, if you're going to, if I would have not gone into my bed and lay down and said, oh my gosh, I've been throwing up every 15 minutes. I might as well stay in the bathroom with my head over the toilet. Then guess what? It wouldn't have stopped. It wouldn't have stopped. I would have kept gagging. I went to lay down, hoping each time that it would stop, and finally it did stop. So, so I believe again, I can't say for sure, but if you think something's going to happen, stuff happens. Right. So why why is that? So if you think about it, it's going to become reality, because this is my opinion, right? Because Lamaisa, if you think it's going to happen, it's going to happen. The same thing they talk about, even though I disagree with this about Ayn Hara. If you believe in Ayn Hara, Ayn Hara can affect you. I I did a whole share. A three-day seminar on Ayn Hara. I studied it very deeply. This was ten years ago, before I started speaking publicly. I did a whole seminar on it, and I never found where it said that if you don't believe in Ayn Hara, it won't happen. And Ayn Hara, you know, and, and the whole red string story, by the way, the red string. The, really, what the red string is, honestly, is that if you wear something red, so the person's eyes. Everyone thinks a red string is going to protect you from Ayn Hara. Let me tell you something. If you wear a red string. And a red dress, the red string won't help. Why? Why? Because the red string is on your hand. So when I look at you, if there's something red, my eyes go to where the red is. So I'm looking at your hand. I'm not giving your hand an iron horror. So it's a deflection. By looking at the red string, what that draws me to look at, so I'm not looking at you, right? But if you wear a red dress and a red string, I'm looking at you anyway, it's not going to help. But there's this belief that if you don't believe in iron horrors, but Lemaisa, it says, by, by the first Ayin Hara that we see in the Torah was by Sari Menu, where it says that Sari Menu carried Yishmo on her shoulders, and Rashi says, why would why would she carry her son on her shoulders? Because he was sick. So Rashi asks, how could he be sick? The first person to get sick was Yaakov Avinu, because what used to happen is people used to sneeze and die, and Yaakov Avinu Davin he said a person doesn't get a chance to do tshuva. Because he's walking on the street, he sneezes and he dies. So we need sickness. Sickness, the person's getting sicker and sicker. He has time to do tshuva and, and chatsham, you, you know, they, they, they do a whole thing when the person's dying. But, so, so the first sickness came after Yaakov Avinu. So, so they ask on Rashi. So how could Rashi say she was carrying on her shoulders? That was Sarah. That was before Yaakov Avinu. Says Rashi, Kivan, Shenichnes Sabo, Ayin Hara. Rashi says, Sari Menu gave Yishmol an Ayin Hara. Which has made him sick. So, Ayn Hara is real. It's not a fake thing. And, and, and the way it works is that when you, when you give someone an Ayn Hara, an Ayn Hara doesn't mean you have a car, a beautiful car, I want to have such a car. That's not an Ayn Hara. In other words, you have a beautiful car, I also want such a car. That's not, an Ayn Hara is, why does she deserve to have an, a beautiful car and I'm not? That's an Ayn Hara. And what happens? The malach of the person who wants the car, Goes up to Shemayim and says, you know, my girl, Sarah, is asking a question. Why does Rivka have a Lexus and she doesn't? 
So Hashem has to, he's din, he's MS. Okay, I don't know. I mean, I do know. Let's, let's take out, let's open her books. When they open her book, you don't want, nobody wants their books open. You want to go a whole year from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, you don't want your books open. Because at the end of the day, it's like the IRS. The IRS comes in to do an audit, they will find something in your books to give you a penalty. They will never walk away from an audit and say, oh my goodness, we owe you money. It doesn't happen. Never ever happens. They will find $10, $2. If they open your books, you're going to find something. Same thing in Shemayim. You want your books closed, tight, shut, in a closet, in a safe, locked in Shemayim, not to be opened till Rosh Hashanah. When you're doing tshuva and you're davening and you're working on it, then you can open my book. Even then I'm in trouble, but you can open my book. A whole year we don't. How do, you, how do they open your book during the year? If someone looks at you and says, wow, look at her, she got married. How come I'm not married? So then they go into the books and they say, Taka, she did this Avera, she did that Avera. She, 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 she shouldn't have more than my friend. And they take away what the friend has. They take away what she has. So a person to, to stay away from Ayanhara has to be careful not to show other people what they have because some people will never give you an Ayanhara. They're like, she should have what she has. Doesn't make a difference. And some people will be jealous of stuff that you have that they would never want. I remember, as a kid, there was a kid in my class, he came, he was in third grade, and he had glasses. He just came from the eye doctor, and he had glasses. And I was jealous, and a lot of other kids, because it was so cool. He had glasses. We were, we were little kids. We were all jealous that he had glasses. But we didn't need glasses. What are you jealous of? If I put his glasses on, I couldn't see two feet in front of me, right? But still, he had glasses, and I didn't have glasses. So that's the, that's the, that, that is, that is how Ayan Hara works. So, so, so. You have to really work on yourself. You have to, you have to, you have to go to a good shiram on, on how to, how to build a person's personality because if you understand that Hashem gives you what you're supposed to have, you have nothing to do with that other person, then you won't be jealous. It's a chisaran in the person's imuna. Jealousy comes from a, a chisaran in imuna. If you say, I'm not jealous, but I would like to have, so, so, so I'm not jealous of her, right? You know, then, then it's not, then it's not an Ayanhara. No? No, if, let, let's say, you walk into a room and this woman is wearing the most gorgeous scarf. You never saw that, a scarf like that in your life, right? And you're like, you know, I have a dress at home, and this scarf would be amazing with it. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're like, how come she has such a scarf and I don't have such a scarf? That's, that's jealousy. That's ayin hara. That's a lack of a muna. You're allowed to say the next day, Davin Hashem. You know, I just saw a nice scarf. I could you, could I get such a scarf, please? Nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that? Someone who doesn't have children and, and says, you know, these people have children, beautiful children. I would love to have children, Hashem. Nothing wrong. But why does she have children and I don't? That is ayin hara. That's a terrible ayin hara. So a person, who wants something, you can dominate for anything you want. It's Nothing to talk about. Happening. But if, 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 it's comedy. But if the Avera of it is that if, if I'm, if, if I'm asking why you have it and I don't, I'm saying Hashem's not fair. If I'm asking that question, why do you have it and I don't, I'm saying Hashem, you're not fair. Otherwise there's no question. If, 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 if the father is fair, so you gave him a, a baseball glove, you gave me a coat, you gave her a jacket, doesn't make a difference to me. If I'm asking that question, why does this woman have this and I don't, that means Hashem, you are not fair. So that's a lack of a muna. If I have a muna, I, what do I have to do with what you have? 
You, you have your stuff, I have my stuff, I have nothing to do with you. If I'm supposed to get it, I'll get it. If you're supposed to get it, I have nothing to do with you. Am I allowed to want a nice house? Am I allowed to want to have a nice car? There's absolutely, there's nothing wrong with it, as long as you're not stealing money and you don't want, you know what I'm saying? You don't want it for the wrong reasons, but a person's allowed to want, want to have nice things. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm not allowed to want to have your nice thing. Then you know the story with the je- jealous, uh, what? There's really no way to stop it. That's the truth. Um, one is not to be flashy about your stuff, to hide it, not to show it. But the real way, the only way from all the work that, all the research that I did, the only way to stop Ayanhara is by you not giving Ayanhara. In other words, what happens? The Malach, let's say, I am jealous of the Chama's hat. Okay? I want such a hat. I don't have such a hat. So I'm jealous of the Chama's hat. And I'm like, how come I don't have, how come the Chama has such a hat and I don't have such a hat? Right? Now, the Chama's in trouble. Because they're going to open up the Chama's books. And they're going to say, why does Nechama have such a hat? Rabbi Wallstein doesn't have such a hat. Why is she greater than Rabbi Wallstein? And they're going to start digging around. Now, Nechama has a malach. That's her defending malach. Now, when my malach goes up and says, how come Nechama has a hat and my, my Rabbi Wallstein doesn't have such a hat? Her malach will get up and say, hold on, before you open her books, did Nechama ever ask this question about other people? Did Nechama ever ask, why does someone have something that Nechama doesn't have? If the answer is no, they won't, they won't let me open her books. Mida connected Mida. She never opened anyone else's books. So no one has a right to open her books. That, from all the research I've ever done on Ayin Hara, I mean, you can pour lead, that, you know, the, the whole thing with lead, it does work, but the second you finish pouring lead, the next Ayin Hara, so like, what'd you do? You, you know, you poured lead, it gets, however Oferis works, it's mystical, we don't understand, right? But if you pour lead, and they have a whole thing, there's women that pour lead in Yushalayim, it does work, it takes off the Ayin Hara, you can actually see the eye. You should see the eyes that I get. I'm talking like dinosaur eyes. Because anybody who talks in public, and people look at them, they get a lot of Ayin Hara. So every time I go to the Ayin Hara lady in Eretz Yisrael, and she pours lead, their eyes, these little, little, little lead eyes come out. It takes her like 10 times. She's like, you are the hardest guy. One time she poured it, and like the whole thing exploded and hit her roof. There was lead all over her roof. I'm like, I'm, you know, you're dealing with me. I'm in, I'm, a, I'm in the public eye. So when you're in the public eye, right, people look at you. And, and But, the, but the, the Misa, two days later, if I go back to her, I got more. I got eyes again. because it, so, so that doesn't really work. It works, but it, it doesn't really work. Unless you go into hiding after that. And then there's someone in the hiding that's like, why are you hiding? Why are you allowed to hide? I'm not allowed to hide. It doesn't work. When people are jealous, people are jealous of everything. No matter what you're going to do, it's not going to make a difference. You're hiding? Why are you hiding? I'm not allowed to hide. It doesn't make a difference. People who are jealous, they're jealous of everything. They're jealous of what they think you have. Like, I don't have no money. Well, they think you have money. So, the only defense that I saw is that if you yourself are mavatal, you're like, I don't care what anybody has. I don't want what she has. I don't, I'm not jealous. Then your malach has a right to say, it's the only protection. Me, the connect me, you cannot open my person's uh, bo- books. She never caused anyone else to have their books open. And then the Malach has to go away and can't do anything. That is the protection that a person can have against Ayn Hara. And the only way to do that is to, is, is to build it, is to build yourself up. Because if you're going to be jealous of other people, then other people who are jealous of you can affect you. And the Gemara says, 99% of people in the Beis Akvaris, in the, in the, in the cemetery, are from Ayn Hara. Now, does the Machlekes, does the Gemara say that for everyone? Or the two Tanam that were walking by the cemetery, 
in that cemetery, 99% were, were due to Ayin Hara. So Ayin Hara is a real thing. I don't know what this believe, you know, you don't believe it, you do believe it. I'm going to tell you something that's amazing. Rashi says that the second, and I don't understand what this means, the second Luchos, the first Luchos, it says there was fire and thunder and the earth shook and the whole world, the whole world stopped and the Luchos were broken. When Hashem gave the second Luchos, no thunder, no lightning, no shaking, secretly, quietly in a cloud, he gave us the Sarasadivros. And they were never broken. Says Rashi, why were the first ones broken? And he says, Shakule Alma, the whole world, gave it an Ainhara. That was made by God. The Luchos were made by God. And the whole world gave an Ainhara. Why look at the Jews? Look what's going on over here. Lightning, thunder, who knows what? The Luchos were broken that Hashem made. So Hashem himself, the second time, quietly. On your cloud, without anyone seeing. So if Hashem has to worry about Ayin Hara, and it broke our luchos, Allah has come and we have to worry about it. So first, let's be careful. You, you can't rip people's eyes out. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and that's why it used to be the minig when I was growing up, that when you had a wedding, all the little kids walked down. Today, a lot of people don't let their grandchildren walk down. They don't need people looking at their grandchildren, and why do they have such cute kids, and I don't. Keep them quietly. I, I can't tell you in the last two years I've asked my friends, how many close friends, so how many grandchildren do you have? Whatever. I'm like, you can tell me. I'm not jealous. I have grandchildren. You don't, you don't say the number. You don't say the number. Why don't you say the number? Because the other person might be, might be a little bit jealous. So a person has to, has to play down and, and not show off what they have. Now, if you're born in Adrashani, nobody can give you an Ayn Hara. No matter what you do, you are, you are totally protected. Two things. If you're from Shevet Yosef, which I don't believe is on this side of, is, is, we, we're, there's no Shevet Yosef here. If you're from Shevet Yosef, cause I, cause he had a bracha from his father Yaakov, that no eye will have, have an effect on him. And if you're born in Adrashani. Why if you're born in Adrashani? You're born in Adrashani, you got, you don't gotta wear no red strings, you don't gotta worry about nothing. Why? Because the way that Ayan Hara works is through the mausoleum. And every month, has a mazel. Adrashani has the mazolim of all the mazolis together. Because Adrashani doesn't have a mazel. So therefore, you can't affect a child that's born in Adrashani. Whatever that is. Doesn't mean that he should show off, but you can't affect a child that's born in Adrashani. Okay. Why am I talking about Ayin Hara? I have no idea. Um, it really wasn't in my subject matter tonight. Bali Ayin Hara. Bali Ayin Hara. Okay. So now, let's go a little bit to, um, we're going to talk about Tu Bishvat a little bit, which I'm going to talk about. I hope everyone here is coming on the Shabbat tone. I'm sure you are. Mishem, this Shabbos, I think there's a room left. You can still book one room. I think there's one room left. Reverend, um, I have no, no roommate. You are taken care of. I am. I mean, up all night tonight. She's busy. We have, <laughs> we have Kanai Nahara, close to 700 people coming so far, and she's very busy. You will have a roommate. Thank you very you, much. Have, you always have a Shem anyway in the room, Thank right? You. So Thank you always have a roommate. Much. We all always have a roommate. All right. So last week's pasha, we're going to talk for two minutes about last week's pasha. Last week's pasha, pasha's bow, which is very fascinating. There is a famous saying. Remember last week we talked about this girl who was in tenth grade who came to me. She said she's an atheist in Beisiakov, right? Okay. What? That was last week's right. So there's a saying, a very famous saying. There is no atheist in a foxhole, right? You've heard that. That you know, atheist, atheist, atheist. But when it comes to somebody dying or in big trouble of scared of death. All of a sudden, they start talking to God. 
Where does this come from? This saying there is no atheist in a foxhole. It comes from Pasha's bow, believe it or not. What does it say in Pasha's bow? It says the following. When, after Marcus Machoros, when Paro was sending out Klyotrol, take your sheep, like you said, and leave. Paro tells, Paro tells Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron that when you leave, right, when you go out with them, make sure you get me a bracha also. Now, this is the same Paro that when Moshe Rabbeinu came in the beginning, he said, I'm here in the name of God, Yudke He said, God, Yudke Vavke, I don't know him. Bring out the books. They opened up all the books and they had all their boy desires. They didn't have Yudke Vavke. He says, I never heard of such a God. I don't have him in my books. Later on, after all the makas, the Mitzrayim said, the Mitzrayim said, Etzvalokim. They said, there's a finger of your God. He said later, I sinned, right? I've sinned. Your God, but he, he was always talking about their God. In other words, that's your God. It's the Jew God. It's not my God. I have my, my idols. That's the Jewish God. All of a sudden, listen, when you go out, get me a bracha from your God. What's going on with you, Paro? I thought you were an atheist. <laughs> Says Rashi, right? This is where it comes from. All of a sudden, he wants him, they want them to get a bracha from Hashem. Please daven for me that I shouldn't die. Why? Shani Bukhar. Because all the Bukharim were dying. And Parah was a Bukhar. So now all of a sudden, until now, Mitzrayim are suffering. Everybody's suffering. But he wasn't suffering. Now all of a sudden, he's scared that he's going to die. I'm going to die? All of a sudden there's God. All of a sudden I need a bracha from God that he didn't even hear of. This is the basis of there's no atheist in a foxhole. You should just know that. Okay. This week's parasha, I'm going to talk about this, short about this week's parasha, and then we'll jump into, um, into Tu Bishvat. I'm not going to be here next week. I'm going to be in Eretz Yisrael. It's my father's yard site. But I would like to talk about um, Tu Bishvat. I think it's a very important subject. So just very, very fast, in, um, in this week's parasha, just two very, very important things. <coughs> so Klai Yisrael is stuck. This is Pasig Yud Gimel. In Mitzvah the Shabbos, I'll talk a lot about, about Shira. Because Shira has a lot to do with women. And this week's parasha, we see that the women sang Shira. Um, it's the first time that we see the women separately from the men. In other words, usually Klaishro did everything together. Here, for some reason, Klaishro, Az Yashem Moshe, Uvenei Yisrael, right? And then, separately, the women sang Shira. That's not, that didn't happen in the Torah. So something, something happened by the, by the Yam that has to do with women. And Mitzvah Hashem, that's my speech Friday night. Um, this, this Shabbos in Mitzvah Hashem. So it says that they're stuck, right? And this is what happens. Klai Yisrael, Uparo Hikriv, and the Mitzrayim are getting close from behind them. And the Jews lifted their eyes. And, 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 and the Mitzrayim are coming after them with weapons and chariots. And they became very scared. And they cried to Hashem. And they said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Are there not enough um, uh, Are there not enough to bury us? You took us to the desert to kill us? 
There's not enough graves? You, why'd you take us out of Mitzrayim? This is where Moshe Rabbeinu got all his leadership years. <laughs> Didn't we tell you this in Mitzrayim? Let us just be servants in Mitzrayim. It's, better, it's much better to be slaves, live slaves in, the, in Mitzrayim than to die in the Midbar. So Moshe turned to the nation and he said, don't worry. His yats will stay here. And see what Hashem is going to do today. Like you see them today, you'll never see them again. Hashem will fight for you and you remain quiet. Okay? So far good. Great speech. Moshe Rabbeinu is like saying, you guys just sit here and watch the fireworks. And all of a sudden, what are you crying to me for? Right? What are you crying to me for? Tell the Jews to go ahead. And now, and you, lift your stick, and, and the yam will split. What does a Jew do when they're in trouble? The water's in front of them, the mitzvah are behind them, Moshe Rabbeinu, what do you do? Right? If the Mitzvah are behind you and the water's in front of you, you open your Tehillim and you start davening. Hashem's saying, why are you davening? That, Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu should have said, that's what a Jew does. When you're in trouble, we say Tehillim, we daven. Hashem's screaming at him. He's yelling at him. Why are you davening? What are you doing now? What are you davening? I don't understand. What am I supposed to be doing? That's what, I, that's what you do when you're in trouble, right? The plane Chath is not flying correctly. You take out your Tehillim, right? What... So, so Moshe is doing what he's supposed to. He said, because Baruch Hu was stuck. Mitzvah behind us, water in front of us. Help! Hashem is yelling at him. Why are you asking for help? Why are you crying to me? So there's a very big lesson here. There's a very big lesson here. There's a time for tefillah. And there's a time for action. And they're very different times. Tefillah is to do things b'derech teva. In other words, tefillah is to daven that in the natural way of the world, right? Because should listen and he should help us. Person through medicine, he should have refu shlema, right? Over here, the, we, we need a miracle. When you need a miracle, ladies, you need more than tefillah. When you need a miracle, you need an action. You have to push the miracle to happen. You have to do something to make the miracle happen. What do you have to do? You have to do something higher than Teva. In Teva, right, in nature, you pray. And you can make the nature happen. You can change the nature to happen. This person's sick. This person's not making money. Yes, to make money. If you want a miracle, you want to break Teva, right? You want to break Derecha Teva, you yourself have to break Derecha Teva. So what happened over here? Because Baruch Hu knew that no matter how much Moshe Rabbeinu is going to stand there and say to Hillim, the yam is not going to split. The yam is not going to split. If you want the yam to split, you have to do something. So he said, Moshe Rabbeinu, don't you know that prayer is not going to make this happen? You're not going to get a miracle through prayer. You have to do something. So what happened? Nachshem ben Aminadav, says the Medrash, jumped into the yam. He realized, we're stuck. This yam is not splitting. You can stand here and say to him, till you turn blue. 
Yam is not splitting. You want a miracle? So he, what did he do, says, says the Medrash? He went into the Yam. The water covered his mouth. And then it says, covered his nose. Now here he is. He jumps into the Yam. It's, it's not a, it's not a lake. It's an ocean. There's, there's waves, right? He jumps into this Yam and he's like, Hashem, I believe in you. And the water's up to his shoulders and like nothing's happening. He's like, Hashem, I believe in you. And the water's up going over his mouth and he's like, well, he's not saying anything anymore. The words over his mouth. It's like, blah, 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 right? But okay. But he's saying, Hashem, I believe in you. And, and still nothing happened. Says the Mendes, when the water went over his nose, he was dead. He couldn't breathe. At that point, the yam split. Why? Because B'derach HaTava, through nature, he could not live anymore. He could not live anymore. So he came to a point where he forced, he said to Hashem, I believe in you so much that I am willing to go against Derechateva. So he forced Mida Kenege Mida. If you are going against Derechateva, that gives me the ability to go against Derechateva and the Yam split. Sitting and davening wasn't going to do it. So he said to Moshe Beno, what are you, what are you davening now for? Go into the Yam. Take an action. And this is brought down in many, many forms when it comes to us in life. It's very nice to sit at home, and, and this is a, a very big problem, because you're going to ask me now, so for a shidduch, like, what, what, do you, what do you need to do? A shidduch like Kriyas Yamsuf. So if a shidduch like Kriyas Yamsuf, then, then you need more than davening. you got, you got to do some action. You can't just sit at home and sit back and say, uh, you know, send them. Send, let them knock on the door. You know, hello. Shiva boy knocking on the door, he's collecting tzedakah. Oh, look at him, perfect. Want to get married? Yeah, beautiful, right, no. That, you know, so, so what's your, what, how much do you have to do? But Lemaisa, what we, it, it, it's interesting because everyone thinks that when it says that a shidduch is like Kriyas Yamsuf, that's, it's very hard. It's just as hard as Kriyas Yamsuf. Right. For Hashem, Kriyas Yamsuf is nothing, and a shidduch is nothing. It's just as hard as Kriyas Yamsuf also means it's not hard at all. Just like Kriyas Yamsuf for God is nothing, Making a shidduch for our Kurdish Baruch is nothing. So there's one funny guy who got up and said, Yeah, you're in it over your head till you find out, you know, till the water splits. Okay, that's just a, a rabbi joke. But Lamaisa, Lamaisa, we see from here that, that, it, that, it, that it takes an action. That it takes an action. Now, there's a very fascinating story that I heard, um, a, a long time ago. I mean, I told you to say, that if a person gets insulted in public and he doesn't answer, right? So that is, Totally against the human being's nature. You just insulted me in front of everyone, and I'm not answering. So at that point, when I go against my nature, right, the bracha from that person, Rav Chaim said, is bigger than him. Because that person can do miracles. Rav Chaim can dominate for you. That person can do miracles. Because, because he broke his nature, he could say to Hashem, this person's not supposed to have children. Naturally, the doctor said she'll never have children. But I can give her a bracha to have children because I broke my nature. I'm forcing Hashem to break his nature. That, that's what happened by Nachshon Ayinodim. And that's what happened that he saw Yosef HaTzadik who broke his nature by Potiphar's wife. So because Baruch had to split... Had to, so a person has this crazy this crazy power where your mother-in-law might insult you and call you all kinds of names or somebody else and you don't answer. You're the koyach. It's an interesting thing. By a man, it says that that if a woman, a, a not well, not dressed woman, a preacher a woman, not not dressed nicely, right, walks by a man, and he specifically he could tell as she's walking by that she's, and he looks the other way, so that if he asks for anything at that moment, Hashem will give it to him. Now it doesn't mean you should go into Manhattan, right, and walk down the worst street 
and, and, and keep saying, Hashem, do this and do this. But if it happened by accident, and I happen to know a story of someone that it happened to. He was walking, and this, this girl walked by that was not dressed at all, and he didn't look. He could just tell from his peripheral vision, and he didn't turn, he didn't look, and he asked Hashem for something. He said, I'm telling you, it works. He said, well, I didn't, I didn't go to a place to look for it. He said, what I asked Hashem at that moment, I got. And I was asking him for years and years, and I never got it. I got so when a person goes against their teva, when you fight your teva, when someone insults you, when somebody hurts you, and you and you don't answer, and you swallow it, which is everyone in their head is saying right now, that's fantastic, I'm going to do it. Always before it happens, you say you can do it. When it happens, you're like, oh, why didn't I do it? Because you lose. It's very hard. It's very hard. I, I've had controlled situations where I thought I could do it, and when you're not ready for it, it's like, oh, my gosh, why did I answer back? I had a shot. That's the, that's the claim. That's what I could vocal told Moshe Rabbeinu. He said, what are you davening now? Now that you want a miracle? You gotta do a miracle. You gotta go against what you wanna do. You're stingy? That's your nature? Break your nature. You're, you have a temper? And you're not getting angry? Break your nature? Cause you, you can do miracles. You can sit here. Forget about Rebbe's and Makubalim. You can sit there and, and, and do miracles all day long. It's very, very hard for a person to do that. That's what happened by Kriyas Yamsuk. Naksham ben Amidadav did this. He went into a part, I cannot breathe. You said we should go into the water. Hashem, I listen to you. I will die. I am drowning. And that's when I could have split the Yamsuf. And Kleisler could have sat there from now till Mashiach and the Yamsuf wouldn't have split. So each one of, what? You can force a miracle. Ain't saying but you could force a miracle if you are able to break nature. It's very hard. It says, it says the hardest thing for a person to break in this world, and it's almost impossible, is your midos. To break your mida, to break your midos, what you are, it's very, very hard. A person who's, who's, who has a temper, to be able to break that temper, it's very hard. A person who's cheap, to be able to break it, it's very, very hard. To change a mida is one of the hardest things. Can you do it? You can absolutely do it. There's no question you can do it. It just takes, it takes, it takes a lot of work. Okay, I want to end... I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about Tubishvat just for, for five minutes. If there's such a thing as five minutes with me, but I'll try to do it in five minutes. So, what's this whole celebration? Coming up, I believe it's Wednesday night, next week, Wednesday night, Thursday. I think it's Wednesday night, I'm almost sure. Wednesday night, Thursday. What, what's the big celebration? We all sit there with some fruit, a little buckser, you're breaking your teeth on since we're little kids, right? Some apricots, some the shevaminim, some grapes. And you women, you know, you, 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 you some, and, and they send, you go to all the different stores and you buy all this stuff, figs and dates and what, what's going on? Why are we celebrating the Rosh Hashanah of trees? What does that have to do with us, number one? And number two, why are we doing it in the middle of the winter? You know, you walk out of the, you walk outside next week, Wednesday, if it's the weather like this week, right? The trees are dead, they're frozen, they have snow on them, right? And you're like, Happy New Year! Good Rosh Hashanah to you trees! They're dead. Why don't we wait till May, June, go out there, leaves, blossoms, flowers, fruit trees, right? Mazel tov. You know, Shana Tova. Instead, we're doing Shana Tova in the deepest part of the winter. It's always the coldest time. The deepest part of the winter, dead trees. So what are we doing? The biggest celebration that exists. Why? Because, what's Tu B'Shvat? Tu B'Shvat is a celebration of the Esrik tree. The Esrik tree 
was the eight, was, according to the Gemara, was the eight Hadas. The Esrik tree is the only tree that listened to God. God said that the wood of the tree, the wood of the tree, the bark of the tree should taste like the fruit of the tree. Every tree didn't listen. The only tree is the Esrik tree. If you cut a piece of wood off the Esrik tree and you bite it, it will taste like the Esrik. It's the only one that listened. The Machlokas, if the first day of Shvat or the 15th day of Shvat is Rosh Hashanah for the trees. Beishamai says, the first day of Shvat, Beishillah says, the fifth, who cares? Do we care? Not, do we really care? You know, Rosh Hashanah for trees, do we really care? And the answer is we care a lot. Because what, what's going on over here? The Machlokas between Beishamai and Beishillah is, when does the sap, right, from the ground, start going into the roots of the tree every year? When does it start schlepping from the ground its nutrients? Beishamai says the first day, and Beishillah says the 15th day. And it says that a man is supposed to daven for his esrig on two bishvat. So what are we celebrating, girls? We're celebrating the sap going into the roots of the tree. That's what we're celebrating. We, as Jews, celebrate potential. As human beings, the greatness of a human being is potential. The greatness of a human being is falling and getting up. And if you look at it, right, I was telling, I was telling the women today by my share, I'm like, look at the animal kingdom, and look at the human kingdom, look at the insect kingdom, right? A human being, we get all excited. Somebody told me yesterday, oh, my daughter, a girl that was, that I know had a child, my daughter turned over for the first time. She took pictures on the bed, so now you can't leave them on the bed anymore, right? The first, usually the first time you find out a kid can turn over is when they fall off the bed. Right? Well, she didn't turn over till now. Right? All of a sudden, oh, good, she could turn over, right? And she usually falls off the bed. But you're all excited, she could turn over. Now your cat that's in the house watching this is like, I turned over this minute I was born. Cats always are turning over and rolling. Like, why are you humans getting so excited? And then, oh my gosh, she's, she's crawling. They don't actually start crawling first, they just, they, used to, they go like this, back and forth, right? And everyone's taking pictures. And now she's crawling, everyone's taking pictures. And now she started, she can't walk, but she's holding on. Take pictures. It's called holding on. It's called holding on. My kid just started holding on, right? And now my kid started walking, but she's falling. Hello, let me tell you something. A cockroach. A cockroach. When it gives birth to the baby cockroach, within a second, the baby cockroach is running across the kitchen. It didn't turn over first. It didn't crawl. It, it's born. It's, it's out of there. So here we are on the highest part of the chain, the human being, and we gotta go through this whole thing. Right? I saw a horse in a kibbutz. I saw it born, right? It was born. It laid on the floor for a second and it got up. Right? And, and, and the cow, it gets up right away. And the human being, we don't get up for how long? Six months before we stand in the crib? Six months, we can't even get up. That cow got up right away. So what's going on over here? Why, why is the cockroach way ahead of us? Right? And it's ready to eat. It's born, it's ready to eat. It's munching on all your, your cake that you left outside. Right? It's already munching. And we, we don't have teeth. You got a nurse. Till how many months till you're allowed to eat? Uh, those little baby jars of applesauce, and then another six months to salads. Hello? Right? My goldfish was born. It was eating salad 
stuff that I was putting in the water a second after it was born. So what's, why does Hashem do this to us? You have to crawl. Why can't we be born and walk? And the answer is that the godless, the greatness of a human being is potential unrealized. So a baby, the reason they're so cute and we love them so much is because they can't do anything. If a person was born an 80-year-old grandfather, I promise you, nobody would be going, ooh, cookie, cookie, wookie, ooh, you're so small, oh, so cute, and I guarantee you, none of you going to take pictures, right? These kids are born, and, 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 and I remember my daughter sent me pictures of my grandchildren, right? They're your grandchildren, so you're going to say they're cute? They went through a war. I mean, what's cute about a newborn baby? Kid looks like they went through a war, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, she she looks just like you." I'm like, "No, she doesn't. (laughs) My face is not like this and squeezed and no, she doesn't, right? Maybe we have the same amount of hair because of whatever." But so so so, what's so cute? So if you were born complete, you wouldn't be cute because because the human being, the greatness is look, that kid can't do nothing. So when the kid can crawl, it's Wow. When the kid can stand, it's wow. When the kid can talk, right? It's wow. It takes so long for a child to talk. It's first word. It's wow. And it's first sentence is wow. And in school, we get crazy about it's first letter is wow. That's the godless. That's the godless of a human being. We, as human beings and as Jews, are, are the beautiful part of it is, is the growth. So... You're not bar mitzvah. You're not chayav in mitzvahs. Then you're bar mitzvah. Then you're chayav in mitzvahs. And then you're twenty. And then you have a family. And it's it's a it's a growth. Animals don't have this. So 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 the whole tu is is not to celebrate in July the fruit tree that has fruits on it. That's the end of the potential. What happens after that? The leaves fall off. The fruit falls off, and there's nothing left. That's not what we're celebrating. We're celebrating. When the, the tree looks dead and the sap is just, it's just starting in the bottom of the tree, we get excited and we're like, Mazel Tov! Mazel tov, the baby is born! Just like our baby can't do anything, the tree right now can't do anything. It's just, it's just starting. And, and that's the godless of, of, of being a human being and that's the godless of Yiddishkeit. It, it's not, and that's what I keep saying, it's not the final I, when, when I was up in the mountains, in Bear Mountains, so we, I, took my, I took my high school in September. It's the most beautiful time. It's when all the colors are, you know, the autumn and all the colors on the trees are all, it's gorgeous. And when you get to the top of Bear Mountains, you see like 500 miles. And these are all city girls. And they're like, wow, that is the most, this, I never saw anything so beautiful. And I turned to them, they were all excited because I love to do this. I'm like a shock, I like, I like shock treatment. And I'm like, you think that's beautiful? And they're like, it's, I never saw anything like this. It's amazing. And I'm like, really? They're all dying! You know why they have different colors? They're dying! In a month from now, they're gone. What's beautiful about that? Beautiful in death? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's fall. Why do you think they're changing colors? The chlorophyll is falling out of them. They're dying! Those leaves go from red to being on the ground. And like, but it's beautiful. And I'm like, that's right. Because the Kirsh Baruch Hu, who some of you don't believe in, this God that some of you don't believe in, he said that even in death, while the trees are dying, for the human being, it would be so hard 
to go from summer to winter. To, to be in a place that's all full of leaves and, and, and flowers and, and fruit and all this beauty. And all of a sudden, in one second, it would all fall off the trees and the trees would be bare. You wouldn't be able to handle it. So Hashem says, for the human being's sake, I'm going to take you from life to death, sort of death. It's not real death to trees. And I'm going to make it beautiful. So it's going to go from summer to fall and it's going to look beautiful. And you're not going to even realize when the leaves fall off. And that's the truth. Nobody does realize when the leaves fall off. Because the last thing you saw was just beauty. So Hashem does it very slowly. Because He loves us. He could have just made summer, winter. Have a good day. The trees come out. They bloom. And that little bloom. Boom. Leaf, flower. Death. Life, death. Life, death. Life. No. He said spring. You'll come out. And you'll see things grow. And you'll see flowers. Okay, you'll have hay fever too. You'll be sneezing a lot. Right? Whatever it is. But Lamaisa, in every good there's a little, right? I don't have hay fever, but my mother did. And she suffered a lot. But now watch what happens to see. I should know my mouth. Someone's going to give me an Ayanhara. Why doesn't he have hay fever? And I do. Right? <laughs> Please, don't give me an Ayanhara. But anyway, I have rose fever. But the, I don't. But I'm just saying it. Anyway. So the truth, the truth is that he does all this, this, this beauty. But, but that's not the godless. When, when, once you see those leaves turn color, there's no more fruits. They're dying. The beauty is, oh my gosh, the sap is coming in the roots. There's, so now we're going to take all this fruit and you're going to have it on your table. Right? And you're going to look at your kids and you're going to be like, you see those trees out there? All those dead trees? You know where this fruit comes from? Last year, those trees. But in the summer, look what came from them. So yes, there are times in people's lives that we have winter. There are times in our lives where it looks like we're dead. Right? But you need to know that those, that we're not dead. As long as that neshama is in there, that's the sap. That's in the tree. We're called it, we're called the Eitz Hasada. We're called the, the tree of the field. Why are we called a tree? Why, we, why is a human being called a tree? Because we all like the tree. The tree is, I'm sure you read the book, the tree, the giving tree. The tree gives the most. It gives shade. It gives wood. It, to build, it gives wood for fire. It gives fruit. And I, I, it, it was something like really sad today. I met a girl. I met a woman today who, who just wants to give. She's, she's an unbelievable spirit. She was by my share this morning. She's like, I just want to help kids. I, I, I just want to give, but I don't have a job. And I, and, and I tried for some teaching jobs. Nobody hired me. And I tried for some other jobs. No one hired me. She says, I don't know how to explain to you how I feel. I, I want to give and I don't have anyone to give to. I said, I'll tell you exactly how you feel. I'm giving, I'm, I'm working on a Tubishvat share. I'm like, you know how you feel? You feel like a fruit tree that's full of apples and nobody comes to pick them. So what happens? They fall, off, they fall off the tree and they land on the ground and they rot. They have all this fruit and you're like, I produced a hundred apples. No, someone come and pick the apples. And nobody picks the apples. I said, that's how you feel. You want to give, you want to give, you want to give and nobody's coming to pick the apples. Nobody's giving you a chance to give. So I told her, she, she gave me her number, whatever it is. I said, I can't even imagine that kind of pain. I can't imagine... Living in a world where I want to give a shiur and I want to help people, and there's nobody there, just me. That would probably be my biggest gehenna. Drop me in a room and there's nobody to help. Right? I'd have to actually look at myself, which would be taka. Not, not easy to do. But seriously. So I said to her, I, I will, I understand what you're saying, and Rachel, I hope to find you a job. I hope to find you somewhere to give. Because imagine being in an apple tree and sitting there every year, sitting there in an orchard, and nobody comes to pick the apples. How sad. How sad. Okay, so anyway, that's, that's the godless of Tu Bishvat, Tu Bishvat Higia. The godless of it is that it looks dead, 
But everyone here needs to know that from the same tree that looks dead, there will be fruit. And even though you might be going through hard times, you're never dead. Because the sap that you have is your neshama. And your neshama is always there. So even, even the times where you're going through hard times, yes, that's winter. That is winter. But there will be a summer. And as long as you're alive, as long as there's life, and that's it. There are trees out there that there's no sap going through their roots. They're dead. They're dead. There's, no, there's nothing going through it. That's what a person is after 120 years. They're in the ground. There's no neshama. There's no sap. There's no growth. But as long as there's sap, and that's, that's the godless. We are celebrating on Tu Bishvat potential. Potential of all those trees out there of giving us shade and giving us fruit. And look at all these fruit that came after these trees look like this, right? Last year, those same trees. Now we have, we have all those fruits. One last thing I want to tell you that happened this week, just two seconds, very interesting. I met someone who told me the following. He said there are three human emotions. These are called point emotions, whatever that means. Three things that are emotions that motivate the human being. One, to be liked by other people. Two, to be understood. And three, to understand. He says, what's the difference? To be liked, you need other people. To be, un- to, to be understood, you need other people. But to understand, you need tools. And he said that sometimes, because he heard my show last week, where I spoke about this girl who came to me, this 10th grader, and she said she's an atheist. He said, well, Wallerstein, I have to teach you something very important. And he said the following. He said, sometimes people want to be understood. They don't want to understand. He says, sometimes people ask you another person questions not because they want the answer. They're not interested. They're not interested to understand. But they're asking you to be understood. And that's why they're asking you the question. He said, this girl that said she's an atheist, she didn't come to you to understand God. She was screaming at you subconsciously. And Wallstein, nobody understands me. I need to be understood. Not to understand. He said, Wallstein, you need to learn how to know the difference between people who want to understand and people who want to be understood. And the people who need to be understood don't need to understand. And the people who want to understand don't need to be understood. And I said, that's godless. To me, that's, that's absolutely godless. Yes, there are two kinds of people in the world. And there are people who want to be understood and do want, and, and do want to understand. So I want to wish everyone here a Shana Tova. Um, and it's talk of very, very, very big yantif. I'm very happy that I met Shema being at Shro, that the, the Sheva Minim of Eretz Yisrael are the, are the main Sheva Minim that, that we, that we celebrate. And, and, and one of the other reasons that's brought is that a, that a Jewish per, a person is called a Priya Eitz. Each one of us is, is a Priya Eitz. We are a Priya of the Eitz. We are, we are the fruit. And, and we should, we should talk, all we have, be Zaycha to celebrate this year, Tu Bishvat in, in, uh, in Eretz Yisrael, in Mitzvah Hashem. And we should understand that in each of us that even if we're Chas Shalom going through winter, and it, and, and it feels like we're, it's, we're cold and we have no flowers and we have no blooms and we have no fruit and we feel like those trees that are out there in the cold know that there's a celebration for the possibilities that exist in the world. And, and that's what we're celebrating. On Tu B'Shvat, we're celebrating the possibilities. And as long as there's life and as long as the person has an neshama, everybody has that possibility.
You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.